Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another fantastic Saturday in the great state of Texas. Hope that you're enjoying your weekend. I'm going to be spending some time on the baseball field. There is no doubt we are still in the heart of our baseball season, end of season tournament. So I'm going to be enjoying that. Whatever you're choosing to do today, I hope you are blessed and enjoying that. And we got another exciting show today. If you haven't heard the show before, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom. And particularly, we talk about those issues in the arenas of the legislature, the court, and the media. You know, we have a nonprofit organization. We're at the Capitol every day. We've got four weeks left in the legislative session. Our organization has a case at the Texas Supreme Court on some of these issues. So a lot of interesting things happening and things that are happening during, you know, in the state of Texas during the week. And we had the National Day of Prayer event earlier this week. I'll talk a little bit about that in the interaction we had with Governor Abbott on that issue. But I want to get right into our guests for the day that we're excited to have on the show. And they are no strangers to the show. This isn't their first time. They're actually, uh, they've come on before. Our guests today are going to be David and Jason Benham. And you may have heard about them before. They have some very interesting history that goes all the way back to the state of Texas. As a matter of fact, they currently live in North Carolina, but they had an opportunity to have a show on HGTV a few years back, and they were very you know, open about their religious beliefs and their private life. But they didn't use that as part of the show, but it so happened that someone found out about that, and that became an issue, and they ended up in a situation where their show got canceled because of their religious beliefs, particularly on the issues of faith and family. And so they ended up getting some attention because of that. People found out about it, but it was a great opportunity for them to stand up for their religious beliefs. And so as a result of that, they ended up uh, writing a very fantastic book called Whatever the Cost, which you can understand the title of that. I'll let them talk a little bit about that. But they they grew up in Texas. They're Texas boys. They're twins. And they actually uh, keynoted our event in Houston, our annual fundraiser, a couple years, about a year and a half ago. And they got to meet my twin sisters. And that was a fun moment. We did this great picture together. But these guys are sold out for Christ. They're sold out for their family. And they're sold out for America. And, and even though they live in North Carolina, they are still sold out for what makes Texas great. So I'm excited to welcome back to the Texas Values Report, David and Jason Benham. Hey, guys, how y'all doing today? Hey, man, we're great, Jonathan. Thanks for having us on. And once you're a Texan, you're always a Texan. So the Lone Star State is deep in our hearts. Well, you're you're no doubt. That's correct. And, and and using that deep in the heart, we know you're a real Texan with that reference to uh, deep in the heart of Texas. That's right. One of our <laughs> favorite, right. one of our favorite songs. And so, look, you guys, you know, we've become friends over the year. We've got to interact on a number of important issues, and it's interesting, right? It just so happened when y'all spoke at our annual fundraiser in Houston in 2015. Um, We had just finished in the city of Houston having victory on the issue of privacy and safety and bathrooms, shower rooms, locker rooms and all that because the city of Houston was trying to pass an ordinance and the people didn't want it and went to the ballot and it ended up uh, voted down because they wanted to force businesses to allow men into women's restrooms and all this. But at that time, 
y'all were just starting with this issue, if you will, in North Carolina. Fast forward a year and a half. Boy, you guys have been through so much, and now we're on the back end of it, if you will, when a lot of things have happened in that state. And now Texas is poised to pass legislation statewide that makes it clear that we shouldn't have men and women's bathrooms and public buildings and in public schools and all this. But you guys have seen just about every aspect of this issue. Tell us a little bit about your experience about that and what we should be thinking of and why it matters what Texas does. Well, here's why it matters, and this is David speaking. I'm the older and the better-looking twin. I'm also smarter. But the deal <laughs> is, in, in North Carolina, the, the NCAA removed their sex-segregated sporting events away from our state because we chose to have sex-segregated bathrooms. That statement right there captures the hypocrisy of this moral revolution. In North Carolina, our city of Charlotte, we live in Charlotte, our city of Charlotte did not have the foresight that Houston did. You guys put it up as a referendum, and the people voted it down. Boom, you're done. But what happened in Charlotte is we had a radical mayor, we have a radical city council that pushed through a bathroom bill, opening up our bathrooms. And they made it as a, as a mandate on private businesses that you had to open your bathrooms as well. Well, we're a Dillon's Law state. So in other words, the legislature um, has the sole authority to, to dictate what the cities can and can't do in terms of safety and protection across the state. So our legislature came in and enacted a bill called House Bill 2, which in essence simply said you cannot force private businesses to open up their bathrooms and if you as a business want to open your bathrooms up, you can, but you can't force others to do it. And also, uh, your sex is based is what's based on your birth certificate. And so it's, it's interesting that we live in times now that where that would actually be considered extreme. Well, I'll just say this. Um, we receive a bombardment of bullying because what, what the radical left can't get legislatively, they'll try to force it into the courts. And while they're pushing it into the courts, what they'll do is they'll facilitate their support network in media and with big business. So the NFL, the NBA, the NBA pulled out their all-star game. Uh, the uh, NCAA removed their championship series from North Carolina. And then we had all of these supposed statistical analysis that North Carolina was going to be affected negatively financially. Well, no, the ap- actual opposite was true. In 2016, we surged forward economically. Uh, we, we moved forward. Forbes listed us as one of the top five best cities uh, for corporate business and all of these other things. We were surging forward. But what happened is that when you begin, the radical left begins to facilitate their propaganda network, which I'm watching the Texas Association of Business, and I'm seeing all of this other projected economic loss that's going to come to the state of Texas. So let me tell you something. That's just nothing but propaganda. You have to stand against that. So fast forward to today, House Bill 2 was actually repealed, and everything was put back into place. Uh, And and they actually, the legislature, unfortunately, kind of kicked it down the road because in 2020, up until 2020, cities across North Carolina cannot then turn around and enact these radical bathroom ordinances. So we've got about a a three-year period of time where we're back to normal. Uh, But what it shows is how important safety and privacy for our women and children are in the bathrooms, and also how important it is that we stand up to the propaganda attacks of financial loss when we actually stand on our constitutional rights. 
No, those are good points. So let me jump in real quick. We're talking with David and Jason Benham. They are entrepreneurs. They are Texans that now live in North Carolina. They're twin brothers. They are strong Christians. They have spoken at the Family Research Council's annual event. They spoke to a group of folks uh, in San Antonio at the Life Choices um, Pregnancy Center fundraiser just a couple years ago. They've spoken at our events. They are very successful businessmen, but very successful. They're very uh, public Christians about getting people involved and also in public policy. So that's in, in the fact they live in North Carolina. They were very vocal on some of these issues that you've seen happen in this state. Guys, I will tell you, all I had the uh, honor of meeting your lieutenant governor, Dan Forrest, in person. So when Texas had a Senate vote on a privacy and safety in bathrooms, shower rooms and locker rooms issues in our own state um, back in March, Lieutenant Governor Dan Forrest came in and did exactly what you talked about. He gave actually the real numbers on the financial side, the fact that North Carolina is number two for business um, and that they have in every county, tourism numbers are up. It it, it was so interesting. And so there's a moment where Lieutenant Governor Dan Forrest and Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick were in my office. Tony Perkins was broadcasting his radio show uh, from my office. I felt I was like, wow, this is Pretty neat. He was fantastic, though. He handled our state Senate hearing so well, gave the real information. And so, you know, the, and the fact of the matter is, it's not a surprise if you think about common sense wise, like that somehow we're going to suffer economically because we have a policy that simply takes things to where people thought they were to begin with. And now you've got to put something in law because you have the left pushing and asking for something different. And so, you know, in our state, we got four, three or four weeks left in our legislative session. The, um, the bill that's moving now is House Bill 2899 that our lieutenant governor, our governor, everybody's getting around and supporting that puts really similar to what y'all did in North Carolina, but it goes um, a little bit deeper, but it makes sure that the state has control of these issues. And the fact that we already have some ordinances like this in our state, even though we got the one in Houston voted down, it would no longer allow those to be enforced in public schools and in other places. Tell our Texas listeners the great opportunity that Texas has to move forward and do something meaningful on this issue and why it matters. Well, I don't, this is Jason speaking, I don't think it's, it would be the first time Texas has led in anything. I mean, we've always had the best football team, the best basketball team, the best baseball team, and, and you know, we, we've led in so many other areas. But i tell you what's, what's great, and, and referring back to Dan Forrest, you know what Dan Forrest, the lieutenant governor of North Carolina, did was he exposed the hypocrisy of what's going on by proving that perception is not reality. Truth is reality. And when you go out there and speak truth, it puts to death the lies that are spread out there. If if I were to take a flashlight and flash it onto a little map, man, the, the shadow on the wall would make it look like a ginormous rat that might scare somebody, when in reality it's just a tiny little mouse. What, what we need to realize is all this stuff that the folks on the other side are doing to, to try to scare states into doing exactly what they want to become their bullying arm for this moral this immoral revolution that's taking place, what we need to realize is flash a light on that. We see the truth, and we realize, you know what? We don't have anything to be scared of. And Texas now has an opportunity to step to the forefront and continue to lead in that battle. Look, North Carolina, we we went first, but now Texas can actually go deeper and come in with the infantry and actually bring this thing to a close. 
Well, I think that's a great point. I'm talking with David and Jason Benham, twin brothers, entrepreneurs, strong Christians, very vocal about public policy, um, very vocal about issues that happened in North Carolina. They've spoken on so many different events. They've been on national news stories. So very well versed about these issues, and they know how to deal with the media. You know, in Texas, here's what's happened in the past couple of weeks. While we are moving closer and closer, and everybody knows it, to passing a bill that protects privacy and safety in bathroom, shower rooms, and locker rooms in our state, we're seeing that the NCAA is announcing that the champ, all these new championships are coming to Texas for the next three years. Fort Worth is hosting some of them, Dallas, all these different venues. We just had the Super Bowl earlier this year. And so you guys fought a lot of this storm and exposed a lot of hypocrisy that I think is giving us a better opportunity to do something in Texas. So we want to appreciate and say thank you to all the hard work that you guys have done on this issue. Another issue you guys care about is the life issue. So I want to I want to segue into that and let y'all talk a little bit about that. You know, earlier this year, um, some of this backdrop to this is that your father, you know, when you guys were growing up in Texas, had an opportunity to interact and have a relationship with Norma McCorvey, the Roe in the Roe versus Wade case, um, the abortion case from Texas. And she is from Texas. This was her, she was the row, but your father had had a meaningful relationship with her. Tell us a little bit about that, and tell us why it's important for Texas to continue to lead on the life issue. Our dad was a pastor, uh, and then he was he was also very pro life. So our family was very much involved, and uh, he put his office next to the busiest abortion clinic in Dallas. And one of the employees happened to be Norma McCorvey, the Jane Roe, Roe v. Wade. And two years later, after he had befriended her, she prayed to receive Jesus as her personal Lord and Savior. And, and we, we saw the powerful effects of the gospel in someone's life. And then she dedicated the rest of her life to overturning Roe. She spoke to Congress multiple times. She's spoken at multiple pro-life events. Uh, she lived in Texas there in a small town and wanted to kind of remain as anonymous as she could. Uh, growing in her uh, uh, faith, and uh, now she is part of the great cloud of witnesses that we read about in Hebrews chapter 11. Um, so Jason and I got to witness. It was interesting. Back in 1991, abortion was at its height. There were 2,197 abortion clinics. Today there are less than 700, and, and we see the work of not only our dad and, and Norma McCorvey, to fight against that, but so many pregnancy centers. We were just speaking at Life Choices in San Antonio. There are pregnancy centers across the state of Texas. And another wonderful thing that we're seeing is that when you guys passed your own House Bill 2, which actually simply said that doctors doing uh, abortions uh, have to at least have hospital-admitting privileges and, and the, the abortion facilities need to be at least up to veterinary code standards, um, that, that eliminated some of the just the rogue Gosnell clinics, and we're seeing that type of legislation. So Texas is taking the lead in this battle, and when we speak across the country at pro-life events, we point back to Texas. We tell the legislators, I mean, we're, we just two events where both governors were there, and we said, you guys, listen, we got to look back to Texas. You can see the route that Texas is taking to actually be a voice for the voiceless. Well, I that's so great to have that insight, to know that history. You can just imagine what it was like to grow up with, you know, that interaction with people like that, the incredible work that your father was doing. Um, I think you and I, you guys are 
we're about the same age. Y'all might be a few years younger than me. Y'all are in much better shape than I am. But hey, I am working on it. I'm doing a beach body, you know, work. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna get there, maybe. But I <laughs> you guys inspired me so much that when we got to meet in person and several times, you know, I have young kids too. I try to keep keep myself in good shape and health. You know, but this you're right. You look at this history and why the life issue is so important and the progress that we have made on this. And, you know, I was looking at this picture earlier today to remind myself that, Jason, you've got on your Facebook page of your father baptizing Norma McCorvey. You just think about the, you know, the the how far you have to go or a person has to go. Right. I mean, and, and Norma and I met a few times and interacted the burden to some degree of knowing that that is part of your history individually and then to be delivered from all of that and then to become a witness is so incredible and not saying it's the same, but you guys have been through the fire too. I mean, y'all had a very great opportunity for an incredible show. Your religious liberty rights, your views on these issues were put to the test and called into question and y'all had to lay it all on the line. Um, as we close out this segment, tell our l- l- listeners a little bit about that and how y'all don't just talk about it. Y'all personally put yourself out there and had to consider the cost. Well, you know, this is Jason speaking. Our dad taught us that if your theology does not become your biography, then your theology is worthless. And so we we knew early on that if our thoughts about God did not uh manifest themselves in the way that we lived our lives, then essentially our thoughts about God were worthless. And so uh, he he truly taught us what it was like to be courageous in the face of adversity. Now, David and I, if you've ever read our book, your listener, any listener out there who's read our book would know we weren't always so courageous, Jonathan. I mean, we we had our moments where we really were going to um, to, to capitulate and uh, at least we felt that way, and that man-pleasing spirit is so easy to to fall prey. But but when HGTV fired us, and and David and I had already been for a moment where we were where we were pretty scared, uh, God really just tapped us on the shoulder and and told us, "Get out there, boys, and just be just like David was when he walked out there on that battlefield to face Goliath." And and then we discovered that when you face your fear, God takes over the fight, and your greatest blessings are found on the other side of your greatest fear. And uh, and so I encourage your listeners today to go through that, to recognize that whatever it is that they're scared of, they need to just face it, let go of anything that's in their hand that would hold them back from facing their fear, and they'll recognize that uh, that God has a great blessing in store for them, but they're going to have to get through their fear to get it. Well, there's no doubt. And, you know, I I just think for young people and and look, I'm a guy, so I'm going to take it from a guy's perspective. And I have young boys. The model that you guys are setting for many people, I'm sure for your own family. One of y'all, is it Jason, your son, Trey? I saw he's doing these. He's got his own little segment of things he's doing now. Is that right? Yeah, he's doing. Yep, he's doing uh, all kinds of stuff. You know, we we're just pushing our kids. We we tell them to be the chocolate chips and the cookie dough culture. Mix in, but don't blend in. So we want our kids tapping every sphere of culture uh, with the talents and abilities God's given them. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, my oldest is is uh, he turned eleven this week, and so. You know, the impact that we can have on other people is so important. But you're right. What is it? What about yourself individually, the impact you're having on your own family? And so I continue to be encouraged myself personally by the work that you guys do, by the standard that you set, 
um, by the voice that you have and how y'all continue to be courageous and share it with other people, you know, by traveling, by writing books, giving good lessons, giving good ideas about how to go through the Bible, just a really comprehensive approach to how to live life in our current culture, which is very challenging to Christians someday, um, some days, oftentimes. And so, but to have that history of being put to the test in a very public way and how that came about. So we're excited that you guys came on the show today and we're Looking forward to continuing to have a good working relationship with you, a good friendship, and having you on the show again. And we also want to just say um, blessings to you and your family for the work that you are doing in North Carolina and other places. Because as you said, that issue is not over. And I don't know how it's going to end up in Texas, but even though we got that issue voted down in Houston— we're back at it here in our legislature. I suspect no matter what happens, we're going to see it come up in one way or another. And so there are lessons to be learned, but certainly there is more work and important work that I think all of us are going to be expected to do. Yes. And Jason and I would like to just simply say to all of your listeners and to the great state of Texas that in this battle for religious liberty and in this battle for faith, family, freedom, Uh, We reach out with compassion to all individuals, but we resist with courage the agendas that hold them captive. So while we're reaching out to individuals with compassion, this this old perception that, well, you disagree with someone, so you hate them, that is a lie from hell. So we reach out to people with compassion, but we must resist these agendas with courage. And there is an agenda to not only transform the great state of Texas, but to transform this nation away from the principles that made this nation great. So we've got to resist with courage today. Well, you couldn't have said any better. And I'm going to send you guys a video of Nicole Hudgens from our organization, who y'all got to see and say hello to at the Life Choices Dinner in San Antonio. She testified against some legislation earlier this week, and a couple of hostile members of the committee really tried to call her into question her credibility, her individual faith. And she handled it so well, but did not for a second waver in our policy position. And so y'all may be encouraged by that. She's She is a up-and-comer, and, uh, and I know she really values the work that you guys do. So David and Jason Benham have been our guests today on the Texas Values Report, and we look forward to having them again, not only in Texas, but on the show. Thanks, guys. Appreciate having you today. Thanks for having us. God bless your work. All right. Well, that's good stuff. Those guys get me charged up every time I see them and talk to them. They've got such great energy, and it's authentic. I mean, you know where it's coming from. You know they walk the walk and talk the talk. I mean, they've been there, and they're out there sharing it with other people. I get so encouraged by that. One of the bills I want to mention to you all that that's out there this week is House Bill 844, Senate Bill 415 on the life issue. You heard them talk about their history and experience with the life issue and their family. Boy, it's harder to get any closer to that when your father's baptized Norma McCorvey, the Roe of, of Roe versus Wade. Very interesting stuff, and they continue to to message on the, the life issue. House Bill 844 and Senate Bill 415 are a ban on dismemberment abortions. I don't know if the bills are going to move. They had been moving, and they've stalled. The other bill that we're working on, as I mentioned before, House Bill 2899. Um, We're hoping to get a vote by the full House very soon. We're coming up on the deadline of May 11th. So go to our website to check all that out, and you can see a little bit more about what's happening in the legislature at txvalues.org. And then also – 
House Bill 1813 is a bill that was heard this week on the issue of religious and conscience protection for county clerks and justice of the peace. So they can defer to someone else or recuse themselves if there is an issue that comes up on a marriage license request or a marriage ceremony that would violate their religious beliefs. It doesn't mean it would prevent anyone from getting a license or having a ceremony that's lawful. It just would make sure that we continue to follow the model of religious accommodations and law on other issues and in the past. And so this that's all this bill does. It's been passed. The Senate version has been passed. Senate Bill 522. This is the House version, House Bill 1813. And you can see more about that at txvalues.org. So we're just about out of time. So earlier this week, I was at the National Day of Prayer event and Governor Greg Abbott was there. Very busy. You know, he's got a lot of things going on. And earlier in the week, if you might recall, on Sunday, it was when those tornadoes twisted through some parts of East Texas, Canton. One person was confirmed dead. Many others, I'm I'm sorry, I think there were four people that were confirmed dead. Many others were injured. And he he had just come back from visiting people and assessing the damage. And, you know, his heart was heavy, if you will, or he was reflecting a lot on that. And you can imagine what it's like to have to go into the different roles and transition. But he made he kept his commitment. He came to the event, and it was at 6.30 in the morning, very early for all of us, but certainly meaningful. And I got the chance to just spend a few moments with him. He could not have been more kind and gracious and talking about his support for the efforts to have legislation on the privacy and safety issue. Our lieutenant governor has taken that same position of supporting the House version. And so it was really good to visit with him. And I just feel thankful and a lot of gratitude that goes along with just having a moment with the governor and the fact that he even remembers who I am. You know, sometimes I'm, you know, I know he sees so many people, but we've known each other over the years and visited. So this is a part of what he does, what we as we do as Texans. You know, we're we're friendly people and it flows from the top. You know, Governor Abbott, some people may not agree with all the positions that he takes on different issues. But he meets you right there. He spent time with people in the military at the event, and he is a man of God. He is a man of Christian faith, and that showed out very well at the National Day of Prayer event this week. So we're out of time this week. A lot going on. Go to our website, txvalues.org. You can make a tax-deductible donation there for the issues of faith, family, and freedom in Texas.